your favorite girls, and welcome back to another episode of Let Us Sip. This is your girl, Brittany. It's your girl, Kaylani. Trophy Sophie, she around someplace. Here I am. I'm here. <laughs> and we have a guest. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> we got some male energy in the room today. We got Mr. Hollywood Chuck. How hey. are you, sir? Hi, ladies. Hey, what's How's it up, going? Chuck? It's going good. It's going good. You look a little stiff, so we're going to try to relax you. We just want to let yeah. you know. We'll drink some. Yes. Drink. Yes. Yeah. Let us sip. So, let yes, we sip. do sip throughout the show. Um, if this is your first time listening and watching us, every week we pick a word, and throughout the conversation, we say the word. Mm -hmm. So, since we had the legendary club promoter, Mr. Hollywood Chuck himself, we're going to use the word club. So, when you hear us say club, we need y'all niggas to drink. Uh-oh, that's a lot of drinking. Yes, sir. <laughs> you can sit. You had to hit club? Yeah, see, look, you said it. A club drink. promoter? Yep, oh, right. twice. Twice. There we go. Woo. So, Chuck, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, Personally or business-wise? You can mix in a little bit. Let's start off with how you got in to club promoting. Mm. Well, you know what's crazy? Um, my, my, a lot of my friends growing up, they you know they sold drugs. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was into sports, um, so we used to we used to have these like you know cut parties. You mm. know, um, I grew up in referent projects, so we used to have these you know these cut cut parties, these project mm -hmm. parties. And uh, was that during school? Because you said cut. Yeah, cup parties, okay, I heard hooky about parties. Those, like, we used to call them hooky parties. Okay, you know, like I'm old, so we used to call them hooky parties. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all probably don't even know what hooky like hooky. What's that? I, I know like, that. Cup parties, hooky parties. We, yeah. I started out like that, uh -huh. and then a lot of my friends, they, you know, they, they was, they was, you know, in the streets. Mm -hmm. So, um, I put two and two together, and I got with the dope heads and the crackheads, and I said, look, y'all want. Y'all want what my friends have, and I want what y'all have. I want y'all apartment so I could throw cut parties and, and regular parties in y'all apartment. Right. Let's trade mm. off. So that's how it all started. You know, I, I started throwing parties in um, dope or crackheads' houses, and they would make we would make money. Let's say we charge a dollar to get in. We made $100. They would take $50. I'd take $50. They'd get their crack. I'd get my sneakers. Mm. <laughs> that's fun. And that's, that's how it all started. So you mentioned sports. Um, what sports were you into? What activities? Well, a lot of people don't notice about me, but um, during the time that I was throwing my events, you know, in the club life, people don't, well, you don't walk up to somebody in the club and be like, hey, what's your first and last name? Where do you at? Where do you live? Mm -hmm. You know, that's not. That's you, creepy. Yeah, that's right. creepy. You give your like street name or your nickname. Uh -huh. So a lot of people in the club world, they don't know you said certain club things like about three me. three times, so you owe me at least one. Wait, wait. So I, wait, <laughs> I say it. I'm the only one or everybody's <laughs> Oh, man, I got to watch myself. I can't say the word. <laughs> So the people in the scene. Yeah, so the people in the scene didn't notice about me, but I have two college degrees. Oh, okay. um, I went to school on a double scholarship. I played baseball and basketball oh, on nice. a very, very high level. But they, they, you know, a lot of people in that scene didn't know that about me. Mm -hmm. You had to grow up with me or you had to be in that world with me. Right. Because the, the party world, they didn't know that about me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so I went to school on a double scholarship. Cool. So little quick story here. I had my stint with 
promoting. It was not a long stint, and I don't think it was the stint for me. But <laughs> were you like passing out the flyers late at night at the clubs? Did you start doing that? Yeah, too? absolutely. I, I started from the ground. From the ground, mm-hmm. like I would print my flyers, go to the train station, mm-hmm. and wait outside for That's ladies rough. to come. And I would pass, hand them my flyers. Every time I seen female come out, I would hand them my flyers, try to get up a conversation with them, mm-hmm. and try to get them to come, come out. That's how I started, mm-hmm. printing flyers and going in front of train stations and going from housing communities, projects, mm-hmm. and handing out flyers. I used okay. to do the, the let outs, which was grueling, especially if you didn't go out that night. So we used to have to leave the house at least like one or two. Cause you know we in Rockaway, so that's a nice little ride on the train. Right, mm-hmm. and then we will go and wait outside the club for the letouts to give out the. Well, um, thank God I didn't have to do the letouts. I was always inside. You they know, put the girl on the letouts. I was the only girl. On I didn't. The I never had to do letouts. <laughs> yeah. I always either paid somebody to do the letout because I always wanted to be inside mm-hmm. because I wanted to know everything about everybody. So if I'm inside, I know what you drink. Mm-hmm. I know what kind of guy you like. I know how you act. I know if you start mm-hmm. fights. I know more about you than mm-hmm. on a let out. On a let out, I don't know much about you. All I know right. is you go home drunk. Right. But inside, I, kn- I know more you about you. Out, so when I invite you out, I'm like, oh, all right, nah, she like Moet. Or nah, she like wine. Or she like, so I, I, I always went inside. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, like, before we get, I'm sorry. Yeah, like, like, unless it is you stuck under a rock, especially if you're in a New York City area, Hollywood Chuck, you know what I mean? We used to do internet and had the RSVP and seven days, right. seven nights. I used to be looking like Hollywood Chuck, he apart from, all right, this thing gonna be lit. Hollywood Chuck, I, 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 he gonna make sure the music good, the DJ good, <laughs> the, the crowd ain't too ghetto. I, I, Hollywood, okay, cool. But it wasn't always like that. I grew to, I grew to get like that. Um, at first, when I first started, I was just taking anything because I didn't know any better. Right. You know, you. when I when I grew, I knew like, listen, these kind of females is not coming to your party unless you have these kind of guys there acting mm-hmm. this certain way. So I grew to that. At first, it wasn't like that. I was taking anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, if you know anything about Far Rockaway, I used to go to Edgeman hand off flights, and that's probably <laughs> the worst place on earth. Yeah, forget about forget about New York on earth. So you know, I had no clue when I was fourteen years old. I had no clue. You know, so you know, I grew to that. I so, didn't. It didn't happen overnight. Before we go deeper, when we have guests on the show, we typically like to play a game. Okay. Okay. So we we greased you up a little bit. Now we want to make sure you slide right through. Let's do it. All right. (laughs) So this game is going to be Would You Rather, okay? So we're going to ask you a series of questions and you tell us, would you rather this or that, okay? Sure. So the first question, would you rather find love or would you, excuse me, would you rather find the love of your life or would you rather find a million dollars? The love of my life. Okay. Would you rather be able to travel everywhere for free? Or would you be? Would you rather be able to eat everywhere for free? Oh man! I'd rather eat. If you know me, you know I'd rather eat everywhere. Steak and lobster for free. For let me know. You know me. You know that's gonna be a hefty bill. Yeah. Right. So, so he he was confident about that last one. Let's see if he's confident about this one. Would you rather give up sex for a year or food for a year? That's a tough one. <laughs> That's t- I'll, I'll give up food for you. <laughs> Just like a nigga. <laughs> so, would you rather be stuck in a small room filled with tarantulas, 
or stuck in a small room filled with snakes? Tarantulas. Tarantulas. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. That's interesting. So, this is another one. Would you rather the fake ass or the real ass? You know what? This is diplomatic, y'all. Club. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> man. Club, club, club. You know club. what? <laughs> um, I have probably about 56 employees, bartenders that work for me. So, however, whatever makes you feel important or happy, that's the way you should be. Okay. Very, that, okay. was that, good, was very that was a good that political was answer. Very political mm-hmm. answer. Diplomatic club. Uh-huh. Let's drink. Club. Oh, club. Yeah. I like it. So, next question. Would you rather lose your sense of feeling during sex or your sense of taste? That's a tough one, too. And we're just talking about taste in general. Like, what's your favorite food? My favorite food? I would say seafood. I would say crab legs. And you can never taste it again. Never taste it again. Oh, boy. (laughs) Taste. (laughs) Nigga number two. All right. So, would you rather a woman that can give you good fellatio or a woman that can cook real good? Oh, boy. That's a tough one, too. (laughs) I take the fellatio because I can cook. Okay. Okay, That's fair. All right. So, last question. Would you rather... Say your ex's name during sex or your partner's best friend's name during sex. Oh boy, I have to pick one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would have to say the ex because it could be a mistake. Okay, the Look, best I, friend, you can't do that. I'll say, yeah, club. you can't come out of that. I'll yeah, say you can't come out of that one. Club, the club, best club, friend, nah, club. the best friend, nah, 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 nah. the best friend, you're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> the ex, it could have been a mistake. You know, I think either way you gonna be at the dog house, but mm-hmm. yeah, you know, listen, right? I'll I'll take two hundred, Alex. Mm-mm. Club. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and jump back into the questions. Um, do you remember your first party that you ever threw? Your first successful party? First party or first successful? Successful. Party? Well, well, you know what? I'm very fortunate that you know I've let's say like a, a in a calendar year. Mm-hmm. I may have had, since I was 14, 400 parties in the calendar year. Oh, wow. And every year for the past 20 some odd years, I've been very fortunate to put myself in a situation where it's always successful. I never overwhelm myself with bills that I have to pay at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. I always keep it to the point where I know I'm going to make a profit. Mm-hmm. So gotcha. thank God they've all been successful. I've so always been successful. That brought up another would you rather real quick, but it falls in line with the questioning. Would you rather take the door or the bar? Um, as far as for the night, for the club, which one would you want? A lot of people would say the bar because they, they just feel like people are always going to drink. But that's not the right answer. The right answer is the door. The door because the door is 100% profit. The bar, you have to pay off liquor costs, mm-hmm. employees that pour the liquor, and on and on and on and on. So the right answer is the door. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Because like, like you that. said, first thing everybody's like, yeah, give me the bar, give me the bar. And you notice that they charge you a whole lot more. Well, people that say the give me the bar, they don't know what they're doing. You got that. Club. You got Club. that. Oh, man. <laughs> you driving? Are you driving? <laughs> oh, man. I didn't say that. That word. <laughs> I did. Oh. <laughs> so what's your relationship with Big Cap? Oh well 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 DJ Big Cap, 
His full name is the Supreme Bigger Figure Big Cat. A lot of people don't know that, mm-hmm. and they say it wrong, they spell it wrong, but that's his, his full AKA. Okay. Um, his real name is obviously Keith Carter. Um, my relationship with him was, you know, as I was telling you guys earlier, when I first started throwing events in the mm-hmm. projects, one of my other friends came up to me and was like, listen, man, this party is dope. I'm going to get one of my industry friends to come out and see this party. Like, they got to see this party. Mm. I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's just talk. People are just talking. Two weeks went by. Nobody came. The third week, who walks in the door? DJ Big Cat into a project party. Now, mind you, at the time, he was like the biggest DJ in New York, right underneath Flex. He worked with Flex. He was right underneath mm-hmm. Flex. So he's really, really big. So he's like, yo, man. How you get all these people in the projects, in the projects, bro? Like, this is the projects. How you get all these people in here? I'm like, yo, I just, you know, I go out, talk to people, hand out flyers, and, uh, you know, I get them to come. He's like, unfortunately, for me, uh, what, what the good thing for me was, Cap happened to like hood girls. He liked <laughs> girls, like, <laughs> wear scarves. He liked, you know, girls that smoked weed and hung out. In the, he liked that. So that, that, that to, to this day, helped me. Because he went, after he left that party, he, he called me and he said, listen, come to my house. And I said, oh, uh, you know, all right, cool. I went to his house and he's like, look, man, I'm going to make you a real promoter. Like, you you know, you just throwing these project parties. Like, I'm going to make you a promoter, promoter. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, whatever. He said, yo, come to my house on Sunday and be here at, at 8 o'clock. I said, all right, no problem. Got to his house on Sunday. Mm-hmm. He's like, yo, take these records to this address. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, what am I doing? He's like, yo, the club is called the Tunnel. Take these records in there and tell them you with me. I said, yo, I'm I'm only, you know, I was like 17. I'm like, yo, but I was tall. I was like, yo, I'm not old enough to get in the club. Like, <laughs> he's the like, they're not gonna tunnel. ask you for ID. Just carry these records, and you're good. Mm-hmm. And that's how it all started. So and I just wow. saw the tunnel. tunnel as a teenager. Well, uh, well, a lot of people don't know this. But I was the promoter for the tunnel. Get out That's of further on. Wow. We'll talk about that later on. Yeah. But a lot of people don't know this. I started out as just carrying records for Cap. And then one night, Flex had seen me with a chain on. He, I, he never met me. Seen me with this big chain on with a bunch of guys from Far Rockaway making a lot of noise. Right. And as he we like, do. yo, you know. <laughs> That's how we do. Who are those? Who's this? Who's this? Cra-? And yo, they all with Cap. And that guy right there, he's the one who carries the record. talking about me. Mm-hmm. So Flex comes and be like, yo, man, I want you to come to my office tomorrow. I want you to come to my office. So I thought I was in trouble. I'm like, oh, fuck. Man. I know I should report these niggas. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, they messing up for me. Like, they messing up for me. Like, they, they messed my little connect up. So I get to Flex's office. I'm nervous. I remember I'm being outside the office, and Kid Capri was in there arguing with Flex about something. It was going. It was going in like they was about to fight. So I'm like, damn, like I'm about to go in there after this. This guy's right. already mad. Yeah, right. like, like, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm in trouble. So Kikapri Leach storms out the office, and Flex like, yo, come on, man, come in. So I go in there. He's like, yo, man, how old are you, man? I was like, you know, what happened? He's like, <laughs> he's like, are you even old enough to be in the tunnel? I was like. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I'm, I'm going to be 18 next month. <laughs> like, you know, I was just helping Cap. Cap told me, he was like, yo, 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 enough, man. And then his face just changed. He's like, yo, I got a plan for you. I'm like, 
He's like, nobody's going to know what I have planned for you, and it's the perfect plan. You're going to be the one to pay the artists. You're going to be one to make the, make sure the artists get their bottles, their drink tickets, their food, whatever they need in back in the dressing room. You're going to be in charge of that. And, uh, and that's how it started. Wow. Nice. Wow. Man, I remember that's listening dope. to Angie Martinez, and it would be like maybe Monday night or so, and they talk about all the stuff that happened at the tunnel. I was like, damn, I wish I was old enough. Like, oh, man. So, yeah, I wasn't old enough. So. <laughs> but you was there. Yeah. Like, I was like, baby, baby. Like, I can only go by no, my mother's my stories. <laughs> you, and I'm you know somebody yet. doing something wrong when you be like, but my birthday in this amount of weeks. Like, mm-hmm. you know you, you in right. the wrong. I'm oh, such a such in the hat. Well, like, <laughs> no, I'm like, wait, you know, I'll be 18. I'll be 18. I'm about to be it. You that shit. I was told so I just got away with it. Mm-hmm. I don't even think I had ID. Like, I don't even think, because back good. then, it wasn't, it wasn't like it was now. Like, you can't walk around right. without right. ID. Right. Right. Back then, it was like, oh, I don't got no ID. Like, yeah. Right. And they, right. Had, they didn't have you scanning the IDs, a whole it bunch was crazy. of stuff. Oh, you had, oh, I maybe had a high school ID. Right. I, and that like, I have a driver's out. license right. ID. Like, oh, I have really it's a, a club envy. I actually brought a laminating kit. Like, it was that serious for me oh, to get man. into class. Yeah. I was like, I skimmed it. That's what I said. We go back. Yeah, I was like, yo, it's no scanning. It was so bad because first I had put it in the wallet piece, so it had the plastic over it already. So I'm like, you said last shit like this. And they like, take the ID, ID out. Oh, <laughs> like, then oh, you got scared. I'm like, let me go over here and get me a laminate. When they say kit. take the ID out, it's over. Like, I'm yeah, in trouble right now. Right. I was yeah. pressing the things up. I've been doing bootleg stuff for, for a long time. Many, we are. <laughs> many years. And my last question for you. Um, what was your relationship like with Stat? Well, I'm going to make it really, really fast. Mm-hmm. So me and Stack had a special relationship because um, we grew up in the same projects. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had a relationship before we had a relationship. And what I mean by that is um, my dad was on drugs really bad. Um, his mom was on drugs really bad. And they used to do drugs together. Mm-hmm. Um, so my dad used to always take me with him and his mom used to always take him. Mm-hmm. So we used to meet up together while our parents went in the back staircase and did drugs together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's when our relationship started. Um, when we was forced to have a relationship because his mom and my dad was doing something they wasn't supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. In the back staircase, or wherever they could could right, do. right, right. So that's when my relationship started with Stack Brothers, mm-hmm. um, and then um, he went on his journey, and my journey started with doing parties, and and playing in, into sports. Mm-hmm. Stack respected me as an athlete at that time more than me as a promoter. You know, I always used to remember him saying, "Yo, chucking them playing in the front park. We going out to watch them." Like that was like the the main event, like coming to watch us play basketball against other projects or other places, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody getting in the park, whether they right. was drinking or smoking weed, that was like the big thing. So he, he respected me at first as an athlete mm-hmm. because I was one of the best around, um, at least to him, because I, I always heard him say, yo, stick to basketball, stay with basketball. So um, that was the beginning. Fast forward, um, me and Stack 
as far as on a level, on a music level, had a love-hate relationship. And let me explain to you. Um, Stack always wanted to bring, like, as far as my parties, he always wanted to bring everybody. He never wanted to leave nobody behind. You know what I mean? Like, he always wanted to, like, bring everybody. Like, it could be like, yo, only three of us can go. No, not Stack. He's not saying no to no one. Everybody, everybody can come. And if I'm throwing in a party, I don't want 40 people from Farrakwe walking up to my party when I got Little Kim in there partying or Diddy in there or Kanye in them in there. With some white, with some of my white friends, I don't want forty red fern people coming up with Farrakwe. Yeah. It's gonna make me look like bad, like you know. Even though I'm from there, I only want a few of y'all. I don't want everybody rolling up. So, so that's when me and Stack clashed. Mm -hmm. When he was like, "Yo, you from red fern? You, you come on, man. Why all forty of us can't get in right now? You know what I'm saying?" So I'm like, "That's not the way this works. You know what I mean? Like, we can't do it that way." So, you know, it was times where we worked things out. There's times where he went home upset at me and he we didn't talk. So, you know, that's where our relationship was. But fast forward even more, one day he was on tour and he was on, I think he was on tour with Jim Jones at the time. And uh, he called me and he's like, yo, you know, forget about our differences. I don't care about all of that. You're like the only person in the hood that's doing something that can help me. And I, I like to keep everything in the hood. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what do you mean? What are you saying? He's like, yo, I want you to come on tour with us and get this after party money because I could get everybody that's on tour for, to come out to the party for free and we make the money. I'm like, yo, that's a great idea. He said, that's only the first half. I want you to start taking over my management. So I said, wow, thanks, man. He's like, the first thing you got to do, you got to call Yandy. And I'm like, yo, I don't know Yandy. You know, at the time I didn't, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, I don't know her. He's like, yo, you, you got to work it out. Here's her number. I got to go. Cause he was on tour. <laughs> right. I call Yandy. I'm all excited. I call Yandy. I'm like, yo, Yandy, you know, Hollywood Chuck, you know, I grew up a stack. He want me to take over his management, you know, give me all his information, you know, so we can put the money in his account, whatever we got to do. She's like, nah, no, I don't know you. And, uh, that's not going to happen. I manage him and I'll take care. I mean, I manage Jim Jones and I take care stack, stack, stack stuff. And I don't know you. And she hung up. Oh. I'm like, oh man, you know, <laughs> I, I, maybe I did that wrong. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know she be about her business. Yeah. Man. So a couple of days go by, stack called me again. Like, yo, you worked it out with Yandy. I said, yo, man, it didn't, it didn't go right. I think you, you got to call her. Mm -hmm. And he like, yo, man, yo, yo, can you call on three-way? So I called on three-way. She picked up. And Stack's like, yo, Yandy, you know, this is Chuck. He, he's from my hood. I trust him. That's that's going to be the guy. I'm going to try to work things out with him, with some other people that I'm working with. But, like, he's going to do the tour thing. He's going to do certain things for me. And it's, that's when it, you know. Right. That's, that's, that's. And then the rest, I don't really want to talk about it's what history. happened after that. It's history. Okay. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about the club, so take a shot. Oh, drink. boy. <laughs> Something. <laughs> Speaking of club, Chuck, what was your favorite club um, to promote at? That's a tough one. Um, It was this club called um, um, uh, Club One. You want to take a drink? <laughs> you said like four times, too. And, uh, this this um this this the space 
it helped me cross over and understand that it's bigger than just having people come out to your event. Um, I was doing an event, and um, the security runs. He comes to get runs to get me. He's like, yo, 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 yo. You know, um, you gotta come to the door. I'm like, why? Why is this like? What's the problem? Like, I'm not security. Like, I'm right. not searching nobody. I'm not fighting with nobody. Right. I'm standing at my table. I'm drinking. Nah, it's very important. I get to the door, and it's it's Kim Kardashian. Oh wow! And she's like, yo, you know, somebody told me about you. Told me to come to your party. Da 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 da. And I said, no problem. You know, what? Why did you call me to the door? Like, you can come in. You know, you don't need to speak to the promoter. Right. I'm sure they're gonna let you in. She's like. Nah, but um, if I come in, I want you to bring this bottle in. I'm like, we have plenty of bottles. It's like the whole bar right, is full right. of bottles. She's like, no, 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 no. If I come in here, I'm gonna get something out of this. You know, I'm not get, you're not paying me, but mm-hmm. at my table, I want this bottle at my table because I know everybody's gonna be taking a picture. This bottle is paying me. Mm-hmm. The company's paying me. So Fine. if you want me to come in here, bring this bottle in. I said, where you want me to put it? <laughs> so at that point, at that at that event space, that's when I I learned that it's bigger than just getting people to come out. Mm. You have to do other stuff to make more money, and that's it's how business aspect. Of yeah, it. that's how I got into liquor, and I got into all sneakers and clothing, and and I started making all that stuff work for me instead of just having people come out to my party. That free promotion. Mm-hmm. There you go. She started it. <laughs> Yeah, she bought her coin. So I see that you kind of merge into like the nightlife. How do you feel about all like the day parties and brunch parties and all of that? Like the the merge of what's hot now. Like how do you feel about that? Well, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not a big fan of the day parties, and I never had a day party. Believe it or not. Oh wow. Um, that was never my thing. Um, I endorse day parties now mm-hmm. so I make it look like I'm doing it but I'm not going I just endorse it <laughs> um, you know but I've never did a day party before because it's a whole different type of vibe right it's like, a whole different type of vibe and when they started the day party thing I was on to the I was doing my night parties but I was on to the next thing I was on to signing liquor deals signing gotcha. sneaker deals signing cola line deals so when they started the day party thing I was you still was just alright yeah I was doing my night parties and I was fine so I needed my sleep what about the um the after work parties? Did you ever participate in any of those? No, never did an after work party. I mean, I do one now, um, but it's not really work right now because mm-hmm. everybody's COVID. Home. You yeah. know, right. everybody's home. But I never really got into those early parties because I've always liked to sleep late mm-hmm. because I I didn't want to look like I was ninety years old when I was thirty. <laughs> right. You know, you try to get up early after you come in at five in the morning. Try to get up right. at eight. That never was me. Like the I was never a real. nine to five kind of worker. Like I was you, never did that. Yeah, you see, for me, it's totally different because by eight o'clock is nap time. Like it's over for me by eight o'clock. <laughs> so day right. parties work for me. Like okay, hold on, right. this start at one and it ends at five. Wow. That means I could be asleep by eight. This is my thing. <laughs> right, get home by ten, eleven. I like to get drunk at, at that time. I can recover but and go it, to work. But the next I think day. those day parties put you in a whole different atmosphere because you come outside smack and it's bright and you're yeah. like, what is going on? 
here. Right. Like, I was just so lit. And just, right. Yeah, I'm ready up, to go to bed. Everybody else trying to You're making up phone calls at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Like, yo, you're smack. Yeah, I just left the spot. I'm thinking you ain't got no business. Now because of COVID, because... They making everybody close at eleven, so I'm right. getting used to those early parties. But that those early parties was never me. Mm-hmm. You ain't feeling that? No, I like okay. to sleep late. <laughs> so, what is your biggest like? What was your biggest opportunity so far as like being in the industry for what over twenty years now? Yeah, let's say that. <laughs> Club, let's say, Club. That. let's say that. A lot longer than that, but let's just say that. Um, the biggest thing. Um, I have I had a lot of big oh, big top moments. Three, you know, like as far as like moments or major moments. When I signed my deal with Grey Goose, mm. okay. Uh, I signed a real real big deal with them. Are you still with them? Nice. No, no. Okay, because that's that's the headache ceremony. Well, right let there. me tell you a crazy mm-hmm. story. And I wasn't I, I didn't and I learned from it. Okay. I learned from it, but so I'm doing the Grey Goose thing, having a great time. Um. And I don't know if you guys know, but when a company like that, they have a lot of backing, a lot of money behind you. And so they give you a corporate card. You have a corporate account. So I I was in the corporate world, but nightlife. Nice. So I didn't have to wake up at 9 o'clock in the morning, but I I was treated just like any other corporate exec. So... We, you know, the owner of the Grey Goose goes, you know, I want to meet this guy. His sales are so high because what I was doing was I was going to um, C's clubs. <laughs> there you go. Going, you know you wanted it. I was going to clubs and I was saying, you can't have me unless you buy a certain amount of cases of Grey Goose. Oh, smart. So my sales were so high and the owner was like, yo, we, you know, I want to meet this guy. So he's like, flew me out to Miami, and I didn't want to go by myself, so I took one of my friends, Carly. Shout out to Carly Voice. Took Carly with me, and we met with him, and he's like, listen, he had all of these flavors. He had all of these, um, like, like I don't know, concoctions on the table. He's like, listen, you know, you're, you're like a, you know, you're an influencer. Like, you, people listen to you. Mm-hmm. Like, put some of those liquids together and tell me what tastes good. And I'm like, you know, I was really a Grandma Yay fan. I wasn't a really a great goose fan. Right. So Carly was with me. Carly is a great goose guy. So he's like, great. This is, this, this is my life. This is beautiful. So we drinking, we drinking, we drinking. And Carly taps me. He goes, show him, taste, let him taste this. And I gave the owner, I said, taste this. And he's, he's like, what did you mix? I go, you know, you got to ask my, my, my boy right here. And Carly's like, yeah, I mix this, that, 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 that. Do you know that flavor today is Cherry Noir? Oh, wow. Wow. I never got paid from it. Wow. Um, no. But that's a great good story. Right. But anyway, what was the question? I'm from Rockaway. Like, I'm born and raised and from Edgemere. Like, a lot of people, they be like, really? I'm like, yes. It's some good people up in there. It's spot, a gem. You it's know? a gem or two. A little gem, too. But, um, you know, just coming from Far Rockaway, like, that's really big, just starting from project houses. And I remember, like, having a crackhead, you know, go to the party. And it's really, like, rent parties, like, back in the day. Edgeman, we used to have that all the time. But, like, how do you feel about guys that's really pushy? Like, you know, when, like, an artist come in and they want to push the girls out the way. and. Well, let me tell you the, the problem that I had 
um, growing up in Farrakwe after I, I received so much success. First, you know, Stack passed away. Then after that, Chinks passed away. Mm-hmm. So, and both of them, I worked closely with. So that kind of, um, it kind of scared me. Because people in Far Rockaway, they have imaginations and they think you got more than what you have. So if you're riding around in a nice car, they think you got more money than what you have. Mm-hmm. So they, mm-hmm. they want to rob you. They want to take it now. Or they get jealous or envied. Or you, right. Yo, you didn't, you did this, that. They make up excuses why to do something bad right. to you. Right, right. That scared me when it happened to so Stack and Chinks. So I kind of like, it humbled me and I kind of like went under the radar for a long time. Mm-hmm. I did my events. I made enough money to survive. Got the fuck it, out. I went under the radar. So that's my my hardest thing about Far Rockaway. Mm-hmm. People think you got more than what you got, and they they you know they're not happy for you at all. You Listen, know? my father's Aaron Hall. So growing up in Far Rockaway, living in Edgemere, you know, a lot of times like I was just shocked that I didn't get kidnapped. Honestly, because <laughs> I was outside. Like everybody, you know, I was a little bit everywhere, and um. You know, living, coming back after living in Virginia for eight years, you know, I always have those mindsets, like, you know, those thoughts, but, you know, sometimes you got to be prayed up and you got to know, like, listen, even if you're giving back really quick, all right, I'm there and I'm in and out. Where a lot of people mess up at, they get success and then they stay in the hood or they hang around their old blocks where they used to do. But when you have, when you're in a different space, you can't really do the things you used to do, so... Like, you know, kudos to you for leaving and doing positive things. Like Well, well, that's the thing. I never left Far Rockaway. Okay. I still live basically in Far Rockaway. Okay. I just learned how to deal with them. Yes. I learned <laughs> that I can't drive around in a Porsche in Far Rockaway. Mm-hmm. I can't do that because they think I got more than what I have. Right. Your right. name is bigger. I'm not saying personally, but your name is bigger than your pocket. Exactly. In their eyes. And no, right. it is. You know, it is, mm-hmm. but I don't want them to be thinking, like, I got all this kind of money. So, you know what? I drive around in a, I don't know, a century what we have? No, a hoopty. A hoopty, because I don't want people to right. mm-hmm. to, to be like, oh, he driving around in a Porsche. Yo, he got, let's like, yeah. see what he got. Mm-hmm. Nah, mm-hmm. I know how to deal with them now. So, yeah. you know, I still live in Far Rockaway. You know, I, I, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to buy a house in Inwood. Mm-hmm. So that's far Rockaway to me. It that's right. close enough. <laughs> you know, it's club, 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 club. That's a real far Rockaway friend. We say Inwood is far Rockaway. Club, club, club. It's close enough. It's close enough. There's no way I'm a, I'm a living. I'm a living rapper. Right on the outskirts. Thank God. Inwood is close enough. I can still see my old building from my window. My grandmother came to Edgemere before it was the projects when it was nothing but Jewish people. Like when they had um, what the? They had white people. Yeah, they had, they white, had white people. Yeah, that's Watts. what I'm trying to say. Watts. When it was number Watts, mm-hmm. okay, and um, she was the only little Filipino lady, in the you know, when now the hood, and she's still there, ninety two. She my mother to told leave. me. My mother told me that when they first start moving black people to Far Rockaway, they moved them all in the same building in the same area. That's how we all became cousins. You go to Edgemere now, Cousin. you see Indians, you see um, a lot of Indians, you see a lot of Hispanics, you see the Africans, too. a lot of Asians, a few white people, okay, just walking the through the double building, regular, it's just like, it's, 
very different. You know, it's a def- it's definitely different mm-hmm. walking and coming back. Like sometimes I just walk around just to be like, wow, like it's a different space. Right. And speaking of the difference, how is it that the pandemic has actually affected uh you think the party scene, your business, and going forward, what you think is going to happen once it is that we're able, actually allowed to come outside? You think it's going to come right back into the groove or a little middle ground? Well, that's a great question. Um, people, I don't know, but the pandemic helped me. Let me tell you why it helped me. Um, because I couldn't do events. Now, mind you, that's all I do. Mm-hmm. Right. I couldn't do events. So it sat me down. And it made me think about all the other stuff I put to the side when I was too busy to do it. And one of those things was um, getting my my car, my car dealership. You know, I, I'm a licensed car used oh, car wow. salesman. Nice. Um, so I got my dealership, and I also I own a bar now, and I did that during the pandemic. Mm, nice. And I would have never did that if it wasn't if for it the wasn't if, it, if it something didn't sit me down. Yeah, had to tell you sit your ass down <laughs> and let's go ahead and recalculate. That's the real hustler. You gotta figure do. it out. Okay, what's gonna work for me right now? This is right now. This is not it. But let's see what I can do. So that's see y'all. Uh, there are gyms that come out of Rockaway. I hear a lot of stories. They be talk about how you are gonna get stuck up. You might. You, you might, might get. I mean, you might get robbed. You might be going to see Shorty and the niggas downstairs in the building. But nope. there's gyms <laughs> that come out of Rockaway. Tell y'all. me. Tell me. I went, I went to. Beast Channel and spoke to the kids. I went to Far Rock High School and spoke to the kids. I have two college degrees. Um, I didn't even use my degrees yet. I'm very successful. I'm an entrepreneur. I came out of Far Rock. You can do it. Yes, you, you can, can do, do it. it. You can definitely do it. So, let's go to the club, y'all. Come on. Right, we got to drink one more. Come on. Club, club, club. That actually brought us into our nightcap. That's the last minute. I mean, well, excuse me. That's the last segment of our show is our nightcap. Um, What that basically is, is we kind of wrap up the episode just giving our pointers or last thoughts on our topic. So our topic was you. Let's do it. And um, as far as my nightcap, I'm going to go back to Rockaway has its gems. You know, it's a lot of successful people that are coming out of Rockaway and it's not always through rap. Um, there's a lot of fashion people. There's a lot of um, successful women, especially. We have um, a lot of women that's getting into the health game, mental health. Um, we got writers, producers. There's a lot of people that's coming out of Rockaway. So y'all give us a chance. Like we shouldn't have to just have a lot of times we have to hide ourselves and not be that black when we walk into certain rooms. Tear Don't. it up. Tear that, <laughs> tear that thing up. I'm here. Right. I'm Don't. here. Tell. Don't don't judge us by where we're from. Just give us a chance. Yes. And um for me being from Far Rockaway, like um I'm doing a lot of positive things like in the community as far as like donating clothes for 150 women, you know, doing things. I have a ministry, so like just knowing before I used to be scared to even say um oh, where I'm from because when you meet me off the back People used to always think, oh, she lived in the 60s or, like, you know, Inwood and stuff like that. And I used to always tell them, like, no, you can't really judge a book for where it's from. Like, just give us a shot. Mm-hmm. And you'll see that Far Rockaway is literally 
one place that people underestimate. We lit. Yes, <laughs> we lit for real. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, don't let the place, don't let your upbringing, as you said, you had the the, the drug addict parents, don't let it uh, determine what it is that you're going to do. Do whatever it is that you're going to do and kick the door, kick the door open. Like us, especially as black people, we be like, yeah, I'm not going to say this, I'm not going to say it. Do it. Every other nationality do it. They don't care about what it is you think about their color or where it is that they from. But as far as you, Going forward with what it is that you got going on, what you're about to do. You got some virtual parties. You on Zoom. Let the people know what's, <laughs> yeah. what's happening. That be, that's your night chat. That's I your don't night know. I'm, I'm old school. Yeah. Like, you know, the first, the virtual parties, you know, everybody calls me to do the virtual parties. I, I, that's not me. Um, <laughs> I stick to what, what what got me here. There's still the late night parties I do. Still the parties I do at home. Now, mind you, everybody called me to go to Atlanta and Miami, throw all these parties. I did that when I was younger. I don't do that anymore. Gotcha. Um, I just stick to what the, the, I, I make money in New York, so the I don't formula. need to go out there. You know your formula. Mm-hmm. It yeah. works. <laughs> I just stick to it. Right. Smart. Well, we want to thank you for joining us. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you came to sip your grandma here with the girls. Yes. Let us sip, right? Yes, let us sip. <laughs> you got us like grandma. Yay, yeah, I've right. never had Wait, it. Wait, I drank half the bottle. Hey, hey, hey. hey, 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 hey. Hello, hello, we hello, hello, hello. You listening to right it now. It's like four of us on right one bottle. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> A few more of that word, I would be dropping drunk. Chopping it up for real. Um, before we get out of here, everybody, um, Chuck, where can everybody find you at on socials? Um, I'm at Hollywood Chuck on mm-hmm. everything. Um, I'm not really on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Okay. But That's where the aunties you can, are. You can, you, can, you can catch me on Facebook. I'm Hollywood Chuck. Hollywood Chuck Management. My assistant runs that, mm-hmm. but they'll, she'll get the message to me mm-hmm. um, on Facebook, on Instagram at Hollywood Chuck, on Twitter at Hollywood Chuck. Okay, and you can follow us on Let Us Sip Pod on all social media platforms. But we want to thank y'all for listening, and we will see y'all next week on another episode of Let, Let Us Sip. Thank you for listening to Let Us Sip. Please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. And if you like what you heard, leave us a comment. If you feel like we can do better, leave us a comment too. But be respectful. We read everything and only want to grow. So thanks again for your love and support. And we will see you next week.